How do you feel? Angry. Uh, let's turn off the, uh, how much time we have on that? 31 minutes, but it should be done. I, I mean, I, I think it's prolonging itself. He's a snooper snooper. No, He's no. He's Now it's gone. Hello, everybody, and welcome back. We are just another movie night. I am Scott, and that is Joey. I'm here. <laughs> and today we are talking trash. Talking trash. Talking trash, indeed. And here's a little ditty. Here's what we're going to do. So, I decided to torture my beautiful wife with a movie that I have seen probably 15 times in my oh life. Oh my god. And I have not seen this movie in over probably 30 something years. Which mm-hmm. which tells you how old I am. This movie was on rotation on HBO when I was a child and it played all the time and I would always watch it. The movie we're speaking about tonight is called Super Fuzz. Or AKA Super Snooper. And I have never heard Super Snooper as being the title of this movie. But now, seeing it again in my older age and hearing the song about 55 times, I understand now it is called Super Snooper. I've always known this movie as Super Fuzz. How do you feel? What's um, going on over there? I'm. I'm pretty not happy about the situation right now. I just, I, there's no words to describe how much I hated this movie. I mean, I literally found nothing funny about this. I found the song, it grated on my nerves to the point where I wanted to just go out and just start like destroying objects, just beating the shit out of car windows and just freaking destroying everything in my path. This movie was so bad. Ernest Borgnine is so obnoxiously bad. I just want to thank my mother for giving me the idea of going in and doing this. The main character was so awful. I mean, he was like supposed to be a an American police officer but he was a European he didn't know what he wanted to be 
Dave, that's the 14th plate of beans you've eaten. Would you like something to drink? You know, regulations say you can have champagne if you want it. Champagne? Hmm, gives me gas. Well, can I get you something else? Yeah, more beans. More beans? Mm-hmm. Could you make it a zuki beans this time? A zuki beans? I've never heard of them, but I guess you can get the cook to rustle some up. Mm, great. I'll have them for lunch. It was weird. I just... The characters were just so... Just dreadful. There was nothing to laugh at. I, I was miserable. Miserable. Jesus Christ. <laughs> well, uh, so yeah, this is 1980s Super Fuzz. Um, yeah, so, so this uh, actor and this director work together all the time. They're both Italian. And I believe that they have, like, there was like a duo and the director would always do it. I think they did Spaghetti Westerns. And for some odd reason started filming came to America and started filming in Florida. And Florida is the backdrop of this entire film with a, what seems like an overdubbed Italian actor as your main character. It's very odd, especially when he's standing next to Ernest Borgnine, who couldn't be more American, right? I mean, no. He, he he's like sounds like he's from Brooklyn. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. And he's... This literally Ernest Borgnine was eighty years old for thirty-five years. He's always looked the same. Early seventies. What's the secret? I don't dare tell you. <laughs> no meat. I don't eat meat. I masturbate a lot. Okay, I think. Thank you, Ernie. That was great. I actually heard that. Have, Ernie, have you ever been on YouTube? That's <laughs> <laughs> And he's always acted the same. The nominees for Best Actor are Ernest Borgnine in Marty, James Cagney in Love Me or Leave Me, James Dean in East of Eden, Frank Sinatra in The Man with the Golden Arm, Spencer Tracy in Bad Day at Black Rock. The winner is Ernest yeah. You know, there's just... We looked it up. He was 63 years old. Um, I believe 63 years old in the, the filming of this movie. Jesus. And you kept saying, is he 80? Has he always been 80? I mean, he just always looks the same. Even in the Poseidon Adventure, he always looks the same. He just looks the same. For the sake of sounding repetitious, <clears throat> I just want to thank... My mother, for giving me the idea of going in and doing this. But this, there was nothing funny about this movie. I'm sitting there in agony the whole time. Like, I just wanted to laugh once. And none of the characters, nothing in the movie made me laugh. And when you said that you watched this on, like, a loop on HBO, when I was a child, not I did not have HBO. Yeah. I did not have it, thank God. We were because... stealing someone else's cable. Oh, well. Well, um, yeah. I, I, I did not have HBO. But you know what? I've seen so many movies from the 80s, and I am surprised that I have not seen this one. 
um, I have heard of Super Fuzz. I have not heard Only of, because of me. Super Snooper. So I thought we were watching this. I'm like, whoa, I've never heard of this movie. What the heck is this? And I was intrigued. But I feel like the absurdity, I know it was supposed to be funny, but there was nothing funny. There was, I mean, they try to do slapstick stuff in this movie with like, you know, some idiotic goons and stuff and it just felt flat i mean there is nothing well this is talking trash when i like talk through this movie a little bit yeah please just <laughs> just you don't, say don't nothing's sing, funny don't sing the song oh the song like, is going to be very important because here. it is literally in every scene for an hour and a half It's about an hour and 45 minute runtime of this film, which is mind blowing. I mean, this could have been an hour and 20. I have no idea why they decided to do that much stuff in this movie. Um, you say nothing's funny, but I will say that there are funny things. But I think that the reason that none of it really works is first off, the sound quality on the, the version we found on Amazon Prime was horrendous. Yeah, it was bad. Um, There's lines through the screen, like it was. Uh, it's a very bad transfer. Which bad I transfer. think I found out during the watching of this tonight. I think I found out that it was a better version on YouTube, which is crazy for free. Um, yeah, both versions are free. I, you know, but what? Um, uh, yeah, I think with the sound quality was bad, and the it was very hard to hear some dialogue in it because the quality was so bad. Uh, also, I think that because the soundtrack is constantly putting the same song on over and over and over, it makes you not want to j laugh at any of the jokes. It but was I like think some of the jokes are fun. The, dis the 70s disco era threw up on the 80s and created this sound. Well, I definitely think this is a 70s film that was probably put out in the 80s. I, I know it was released apparently in 1980. If you go by the the wardrobe, it, it looks like it was shot in like 1973. It, it had to be. It had to be filmed in the late 70s. It had to be. I I, I can't imagine this film got released in the theater. I, I. It's one of those rare movies that only people who had that HBO experience when they were young know about this film because it's. I, I think there's a couple on a list I have like. The Invisible Kid, Munchies, stuff like that, that the only people who saw Mac and Me, the only people who knew about these movies were those kids, those kids that somehow their parents either had HBO or were lucky enough to have a mixed signal by accident and be able to watch it. And it's one of those rare occasions that that's the only way you know these movies, right? So it's only the rare occasion of those people that have shared that same experience of seeing these movies on repeat. Um... I actually feel like I rented this constantly with my mom. Oh, my God. My mom would ask me what movies. I had a handful of movies that I constantly rented. And I feel like this is one of those movies. But watching it again tonight, I will say that I don't, I didn't remember a damn thing except two things. I remember Ernest Borgnine. I remember the color red as being his kryptonite. And I remembered a giant bubble and then flying on it. All right. So I remember a lot of that stuff. Okay. But some of this stuff I didn't. So the the premise is here. We follow a well, we have a flash forward and then a flashback, and the story is being told in a flashback. Uh so the opening of the movie we find out that the main character 
has been put to death for the death of his partner, but his execution constantly fails and he survives. At least that's what we're being told by a news report. And this is Florida, like I said. And we finally meet our main character after this news report telling us this whole ordeal. And we see that this guy's in jail and we automatically are like, he's overdubbed. What's going on with his voice? This guy's yeah. really strange. What's even more strange is he's eating beans as his last meal. And they say that he's eaten 14 bowls, I believe, of of beans. Yeah, and so my, my first question to you was, okay, so he's going to be executed and he's going to be eating 14 bowls of beans before his execution. So is he just going to let out one last fart as like a... One last screw you guys. And after you said that, the character said, you can have champagne. And he says, no, that makes me gassy. Yeah. But I'm like, what was the point of the beans? He there likes was... beans. Yeah. I mean, Jesus Christ. He likes beans. In I fact, thought it was going to be more... something funny. He wanted a specialty kind of bean, too, which is even weird. I, don't I, I mean, honestly, I thought he was going to like fart like hardcore in the electric chair as he's being electrocuted. Oh, that would be amazing. Right. And I, then I got nothing. And I'm like... <laughs> like a rocket ship? What the... F- so, so automatically you're like, what the hell is going on? He he can't die? And so we now get another scene of a woman who's apparently an actress shows up with flowers. And she wants to get in the jail to go see the execution. And she, apparently she's a famous actress. Everybody seems to know her. But the guards are like, no, you're not allowed in. And he, she's like, well, we're friends. Like, we're, we're close. I want to be there for him. And they're like, no way. She's like, well, can you make sure these red flowers get, these roses get put in front of him so at least he can see something beautiful as he dies? And they're like, ah, all right. So they take the flowers. So... He is going to be marched to his execution again. He wants beans. He's eating the beans. And then they come and they march him. And this is the fourth execution he's going to be put through. And he's been through every one of them. And now the electric chair is the last one, apparently. Hey, man. They're coming for you now. By the time lunchtime rolls around, you're going to be having dinner with hunky number one. Uh, Apparently, they try to hang him. A lot of stuff we didn't get to see on screen. And this is a kid's film. I just want to point this out. Okay. And That's mind-boggling. Yeah, the, the movie is mind-boggling. Like, what? I mean, and also, it really tells you a lot about my childhood. Like, I mean, uh, I know so, the movies you watched as a kid. What is this shit? I don't know. What is this? I don't know why this one gravitated toward me so, so you, much. I have you, no idea why it gravitated You told me that it. you were putting something um, on as a surprise from your childhood. I was like, ooh, okay, I know it's going to be good. because well, I didn't... When I said that, I was... Okay, this is gonna be torture. I know it. I know it. Son of a because bitch. it's one of those odd ones that nobody seems to know, so there's gotta be a reason for it. Now I definitely see why. Um, so yeah, he gets marched, and as he's marching to the execution, he starts narrating that, oh, this all started a while back, and I have to tell the story. And we now flash back to seeing that he's a trooper, he, he's a, he's a, police, a police officer. officer. And it's his first day on the job because he just got out of school and he his first day on the job, his the other cops, uh I think they're playing a prank on him and they tell him to go give a parking ticket to a 
a, a, a seminal Native American, I yeah, believe. But it's not. And but he, he's in the middle not, of a swamp. Yeah, he's not living in like the rural areas. He's living out in like the wilderness. Yeah, and they t- they told him to give him a parking ticket. And he took this seriously, and he got in a canoe, and he is rowing. He's rowing to a, give a parking ticket like in the middle a of a swamp to to leave a parking ticket on this human being's well, like, yeah. uh, like tent yeah. in the middle of the wilderness. Well, exactly at the same time, NASA is going to do a space program launch of a shuttle to hit some kind. I don't know. I don't understand I don't any of this part. I don't think they even explain they why do, they're launching. It's so badly done. It has nothing to do with the understand. plot. It, it does, actually. Well, I mean, you know, there's no reasoning that they don't put it out there why they're launching it. It's like a... Something about a red uh, radiation and it's going to, it won't have any effect. And that it'll only go to where the Native Americans live. And they wanted to block it the radiation and so they they make a point of saying the native americans are all on board and they're all here and like they they cleared out their where they they all live and they cleared them all out so nothing would happen to them if if something goes wrong as you know red plutonium will re-enter the earth's atmosphere and will plunge and plummet with pinpoint precision to a predetermined place on the earth's surface the purpose of Red Plutonium's mission is to test the top-seeking device for detecting minerals below the moon's crust. Now, gentlemen, the site selected for this momentous experiment is namely Creek Town, or as the Indians call it, Popok, whose inhabitants, by the way, have proved themselves to be patriotic, true blue Americans and are here to share with us this historic moment. I, I don't really understand this, but the craziest part is the cops are all like, he went there. Yeah. And Ernest Borgnine is in charge of him and basically told him to do the parking ticket. And his boss is saying, like, the chief of police is like, you're an idiot. Get him out of there. You know, they're going to do this thing and that's supposed to be clear. And he's like, well, it was a secret operation. How the hell was I supposed to know they were doing I it? I mean, they did, yeah. So, but he didn't also think that, you know, this... This rookie would have half a brain cell. I mean, he literally has half a brain cell. There's, he does. He's he so yeah. stupid. He actually got in a canoe and rowed Road across the freaking river to give this guy a parking ticket. And he sticks it on a, a teepee. Yeah. The parking ticket. Um, But he, the problem is here, he can't get the signal from the cops trying to tell him to get out of there. He can only call them. And when he gets to go back in his boat to leave... An alligator has commandeered his vehicle. I mean, the size of the, the sheer size of this alligator He's that sitting in the canoe. moseyed into his canoe. And instead of like, I don't know, like maybe taking a stick and scooting it away or dumping well, the canoe on its side. Or to... He's hissing at him. Yeah. Well, he pulls out a gun to go shoot it. And I'm sorry, this is funny. I, you don't think it is? If I, you say so. Okay. This is fun. He goes to shoot it and then says no and decides to shoot his gun as a warning shot to scare off the alligator. And he shoots it up in the air and it hits the rocket, the NASA rocket ship in the atmosphere leaving into space. 
Yeah. And by doing so, it explodes in the atmosphere and radiates him. I, I have no words for this. We don't know if any shuttle parts landed anywhere and killed tons of people. We don't know what no. he actually did because we never go back to that plot. Nobody talks about the shuttle explosion. Yes. It's, it's bonkers. And he... He gets uh, washed in red radiation. Yes. And he come, and everybody, well, they're at the police station. They're like, "Oh, he's dead. Oh, that's really a shame. I feel really bad. He was a rookie, but it was his first day on the job, and he died doing what he his duty." And then the chief's like, "You know what, though? I know you're really broken up about it, but I'm going to give you a job to do to get your mind off of it. It's only been a second. And he goes, "I'll get got you a job." And in that second. He's on a, or, or, or Ernest Borgnine is kicked down in rank to traffic cop in a second. This all happens in a second. Yeah, they don't even bother to send out any kind of paramedics or troops or anything to yep. go over there and find this cop who may have died. Um, <laughs> they don't give a shit. Oh, that's poor kid. You want a Normandy man? The Normandy and Ray. He wasn't much of a rookie in his class. But he did die in the line of duty. Trying to collect on a traffic violation. That poor kid. A little late to be feeling sorry, isn't it? I'll tell you what. If the stage is that much, I've got just the job to take it off your mind. Officer Dunlop. This is the worst police force on the face <laughs> of the funny. earth. And it's taking place in Miami, which is hilarious. Yeah, you can recognize a lot of like stuff. Well, of, not well, really as you, much. They had like the orange bowl, and you can yeah, and you can definitely tell that that was like Biscayne Bay. Yeah, but um, so he's a traffic cop. They all think the guy died. They never went and searched for his body. They don't really care. Ernest Borgnine is definitely already on the job trying to block traffic. People are mocking him. It's only been seconds, and here comes. Our main character. <laughs> on his motorcycle. Yeah. Uh, Super over Snooper the, himself shows bridge. up on a motorcycle on a bridge and recognizes Ernest Borgnine instantly from a, like a, all the way up in the air. And he's like, hey, chief. And Ernest Borgnine is in shock to see him and almost falls into a manhole that is open that he's blocking and directing traffic around. But Super Snooper himself looks at it and moves the manhole cover with his mind and, and so like, we realize something's up we that's our first foray into how he has powers and i'm like oh my god this is gonna be something yeah he has he has some kind of telepathy some kind of superpower yeah and uh the movie from there basically just keeps doing more of this we kind of get more you know, he's alive, and then they're suddenly partners. Yeah, he I mean... partner them up. He He's not a traffic cop anymore. I don't think that we even go back to the chief of police and how he realizes that the guy, that his rookie is no, alive. I don't. mean, we don't... There's nothing revisited or, or anything to make the plot make sense. They're instantly in a car, and they establish a couple things. Ernest Bornine's obsessed with the actress from the opening. He's Her got name a, is like Rosie LaBouche. LaBouche. Uh, I think this actress's name. <laughs> this actress's name is Joanne du Drew, I believe. 
Oh, Joanne okay. Drew. Okay. And uh, is she in anything is, else that we know? Of? Well, this is her last movie, and oh. it's really funny because the last line in the movie is a, uh, oh, basically, uh, oh, this is all I did. This is no. my last uh, goodbye. No, she made a lots of movies. Yeah, this is her last movie then. Oh, okay. My greatest role. What an ending. Oh my God. This so, is the one she ended on. Oh, yeah, and at Lord. the end of the movie, she says she has a lot of dialogue about it. Rosie Labouche. Rosie Labouche. And she, he has a black and white photo of her on t- tape to his squad car inside of it. And uh, we established a couple things here. Super Snooper, which, by the way, what's his name? Oh, Jesus. Oh, God. I don't, I'm not going to say. I'm going to call him Snooper Super. No, Snooper. you're not. No, you're not. It's Dave. Dave Speed. Dave, Dave Speed. Speed. Dave Speed loves chewing on bubble gum. That's established here. And also, he can see the future. That's wild. Yeah. He can see the future. He has premonitions of what's to happen. He basically says, don't drive yet. And he says, why? And he's like, the elephants. And he's like, what the hell are you talking about? And then elephants come by the car. Yeah, so he, he has oh. premonitions of what's what's about to happen so he can like... Stop it. Stop, you know, those, you know, bad things from happening. Yeah, those Miami elephants marching past the stoplight. <laughs> I, I don't even know why that's happening in this movie. And, but the problem is, he says, well, what's going to come by next? Because Ernest Bornat's trying to figure it out. Like, well, like, what yeah, do you mean? how do you have superpowers? Like, I, I want to know what's, what, if you're such a smarty pants, what's, what's going to walk by next? But the light changes, is red, and he sees it, and he's not able to see the future and he can't figure out why and there's more nice like yeah right that was just a lucky guess uh <laughs> which is crazy uh they get a report that there is a robbery in process progress and it turns out to be on the top floor of a 20-story building and it's like a bank I on mean, the 20th floor of this building it does has no attributes of being a bank whatsoever i don't really understand this part it looks like an insurance office maybe it is it looked like it had a vault i, I, I yeah i don't, I don't know understand. what's going it on was here. The, it was so weird so they go they have to there's no elevators by the way they have to go up each floor uh, there was like 37 flights they, i think they say 20 over and over because what happens next ernest morning tells him i'm gonna go in there and then you charge at them but the problem is he charges at them and goes right out the window and falls 20 floors down to his death, but lands perfectly. Perfectly on top of a car. No, not that's later. Oh. He lands perfectly on his feet. Oh, that's right. That's right. That's right. And he lands perfectly in front of an older gentleman in a hat who turns out to be a character in this movie. This this guy keeps showing up in a weird cameo. You know, he looks like a, uh, like a he could be a hobo. I guess. Because he has Just like, like an that older look. gentleman. Yeah. Um, and I'm trying. I was trying to figure out if he's going to be some kind of a character in this because he was like walking dogs. He is. And he is some kind of plot point, but I don't yeah, think he comes back in any way. It doesn't go anywhere. It's, it's weird. It's so bizarre. Like, why would you do? Why would you introduce this character? He looks like if if he had a monocle, he would look like the Monopoly guy. Yeah. But like he just he's just there. He's like an eyewitness to everything. But yes. He's just there. Yeah. Uh, so Ernest Morning is like, oh my God, he's dead. And then uh, the bank robbers take him hostage. And I think they stand like uh, 
his ass oh is my god. in okay. one of their crotches so and it looks like just, he's raping them. Yeah. yeah, if I could just uh, describe this. this you, I don't even know if you were looking up during this. I was in shock. They had Ernest Borgnine pressed up against some kind of glass. Like in a squat. Like in a squat position. And the guy was literally holding a gun to him. Like had his junk on Ernest Borgnine's ass. Like it was just so... I I, know, I mean, honestly, I was like, oh, my God, they, they can't be serious. Like, they can't be. I mean, he was literally looked like he was, like, doing him from behind. Like, it was just ridiculous. I was like, oh, my God, I can't. Already, I was, I'm, like, five minutes into this movie, and I was like, oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah, I, and I got to tell you, Ernest Borgnine, I, I can't unsee any sexual joke with Ernest Borgnine and not think about how he was talking about how much he jerks off in real life. Oh my God! Yeah, what did he yes, do that? Those on, on Howard clips? Stern? Was it Howard? I, I feel like it was on one of those infomercials or one of those QVCs. Oh, I think he was just like he talking said, about I, how. Yeah, uh, I masturbate a lot. Yeah, he's like, yeah. How, how do you stay so young? Oh, yeah. I, I jerk off a lot. Yeah, yeah, it, it's insane. Yeah, uh, I can never unsee. Well, that he clip. did live to like ninety, yeah. didn't he? Yeah, and he was always smiling. I masturbate a lot. Okay, I think. <laughs> Always smiling. Always yeah. smiling. I'm oh, sorry. I'm sorry. 95 he lived to. 95. So there's something to that. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> so yeah. Uh, so uh, Ernest Barnes, he's like, oh my God. And he's uh, getting almost raped by this cop, this uh, bandit. And almost raped. Super Snooper runs up <laughs> all know. the flights of stairs and gets in there and beats the hell out of them. In the craziest way, and he also stands right behind Ernest Borgnine in a sexual position, and then hands him his gun. Yeah. And he he uh, Ernest Borgnine thinks the only way he survived is that he fell out the window, and there just so happened to be a window washer. Uh, uh, what's that called? What the window oh, washer like rolls a, down? Uh, not a scaffold. Yeah, but a, I think it's scaffolding. Yes, yeah, scaffolding. Like I, I, I would say, say that I think I don't that's know what right. I'm so it, you noticed that it was positioned there, and you're like, "Where's the guy on it? Why would it be there?" And I think yeah. it's obviously only there because there's something they're establishing. And I mean, yes, he so survived stupid. the window fall by landing on the scaffold. Yeah, okay, that's well, what he thinks. That was the stupidest thing ever. Well, I, I mean, honestly, if there's a if there's a window washer on that thing, then. He if if there was if it was in that position in the middle of the building that means there would be a person. there would be a person. But the movie it. was just using that as a basically a way so no one believes that he has superpowers. Yeah, I get it. Yeah, so duh. to go on further with this, now we get him going to his. I thought it was his daughter, but I think it was his niece. Yeah, it his turns niece. Out. And again, it's one of those movies where the niece has no parents, so you don't really know why it's the niece. No, there's really so, no reason to even care about this person. Uh, okay. Right? She's like the main thing. Okay. Not really. Uh, I mean, I she is, but... So, yeah, um, she, it turns out that uh, Ernest Borgnine's niece is into Snoo- Super Snooper, and Super Snooper is into her, and she works at a dry cleaners of some sort. It's like a huge place. I don't know what this thing is. It's yeah. got a, like an outside window and everything. Her name is Evelyn. Yeah, and uh, while Ernest Borgnine is getting clothes or whatever the hell he's getting from his niece, this is another part where they show him using his superpowers. A guy parks in the middle of the street to go run into a business. 
And uh, I think this truck is torpedoes. I think that's a running thing, and I, it's obviously there just to set up this villain. Torpedoes Fish Company. Yeah, and he parked in the street. People are pissed off, and uh, Super Snooper's like, oh, it's, you know, this, oh, I got to move this thing. So he uses his mind to move it in parallel park it with his mind. And it's so great because the special effect is it's actually just a cardboard cutout version of the truck that it's moves so into the spot. funny. Yeah. I, I was like... What? Yes, it's I mean, so funny. It, like, when he uses his powers, for the most part, it is very comical because it's it's so cheesy. Yeah, and instead of having, like, the Incredible Hulk has that sound effect that when he does something, it's like this thing, or the Bionic Man, or there's a lot of characters that have this, like, noise that their character makes when they're doing something cool. Yeah. This movie decides that, no, no noise, full song. We have to hear uh, his theme song, every time he uses his power or does anything if there's a driving like getting from location to location or if he uses his powers they play the song and it happens every Every couple minutes two minutes so i was getting to the point where i was like this motherfucker i can't do this anymore i can't take it with this freaking song I, i i was like please turn it off i was about to say turn it off or just mute it until we get past the song. But the whole, we can't even mute it until we get past the fucking song. Because the song goes on through the whole movie. Yep. The and whole it movie. Was like, it was like a cheese grater on my ears. It was awful. So, uh, yeah, we're, we're establishing tons and tons of stuff. A lot of it unnecessarily. It's so odd. Uh... Basically, one thing after another, we, we now, like, meet this Torpedo, Mr. Torpedo, who is this actor. He's in a ton of stuff, this old man. This is another actor who's never not looked like this. He's really? always looking like an old man. He's in Dust Till Dawn. He has a cameo, and he's, like, an even more elderly version of himself, and it still looks like him. Like, it's so crazy, this actor. Oh, he also lived to be 95. Oh, wow. Good I'm, for him. He's another one that looks the same forever. Wow, he's... He's done, a ton of uh, stuff. Diamonds are forever and the man with yes, the golden gun. Very big Bond villain actor. He... Uh, okay. I know he's in a couple things that you definitely know. Gaudy. He, uh, he is doing a terrible, like, mobster voice. I think he's doing that stereotypical mobster voice where he's like, Yeah, you know, see... I'm gonna get you. You know, you get yeah, you're gonna get the obnoxious. bad guys. See? Oh, it's so bad. And at oh, one point, it goes Night away. Night Train to Terror. Night Train to Terror. I know he's in Night Train. We'll have to do that on one day on this thing. Um, yeah, he uh, he's uh, bad. He's just so typical, and he's wearing every like that '70s, right on the border of the '70s and '80s throw up pastel colors all over him. He's got like a brown um, button down. With a bright mustard yellow tie. And he just looks like a nightmare. And he's got three goons that are also just complete stereotypes and just nightmare looking characters. Paradise! Yes, boss. Those two cops are getting too big for their britches. Why worry, boss? They're in a cop alive. They can pin anything on you. What do you do is legal and above the board. (laughs) <laughs> you got the richest of fishing business in the Gulf, boss. <laughs> yeah. Call the Barracuda. I want a progress report. Send it. 
Mr. Torpedo's on the phone. Yeah, hello, boss. Yeah, everything's going like clockwork. Yeah, we're shipping out 100 grand's worth of George Washington's right now. Well, I think they have funny names, too. One of them also has a very bad accent. He's talking like a, a typical Italian accent. Yeah, I mean... He's they're... doing this weird, like, uh, it's a pizza pie, yeah. You know, he's doing that. Yeah, voice. the wardrobe so suggests bad. that this is, like, Florida in the 70s. But the accents suggest that they're in, like, Brooklyn. And it also suggests that it's overdubbed and that this is actually filmed in a different country because every yes. actor seems like they're Italian instead of oh American. Oh, my God, yeah. Except for Ernest Borgnine, who stands out like a sore thumb because nobody else seems like they're American. Except maybe the uh, LaBouche. <laughs> she might, you know, a little bit. LaBouche. Well, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, this guy, uh, Sal Borghese, that's his name, the actor, could not be more Italian. Um, his name in the movie is Paradise Alley. And he's dressed as though he was, like, on vacation through the whole movie. He, he was wearing this awful Hawaiian shirt with this, like, baby blue blazer and, like, this, this I don't it's know. one of the three goons. Vacation hat. Is that the yeah, three? His yeah, his name is Paradise Alley. It was yeah, like, one has a hat. One has a, a, a big mustache. There's three of them, and they're virtually the three stooges. Yeah, it's comical. Yeah, they're 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 just there to get slapped around and do stupid things, and, <laughs> which they do a lot of. It happens a lot, and some of them I actually think is pretty funny. There's a couple of them that I'm like, that's funny. At one that's... point, I was like holding my face, and I'm like, they I actually did a, a Three times. Stooges bit. Yeah, there's like a lot of funny things where he like... makes them slap each other. It's it's not that stupid. It's kind of funny. It's kind of dumb in a silly, fun way. I don't I don't really absolutely hate that stuff, but. Um, I think that's also because I'm a fan of Three Stooges, maybe, and I really like slapstick. Um, yeah, so. the Three Stooges are the, the Three Stooges. This was a really badly done movie. I, I, I was trying to emulate the Three Stooges, but failed at it. Yeah. Well, <laughs> it so bad. Yeah. So yeah, the plot here is bizarre, right? So everything from here on is so bizarre. There, there's like a lot of subplots and a lot of story beats that are very confusing. Like, uh, he goes to a, a Dolphins game with his girlfriend. At first, it seems like she's flirting with him, and now they just are like fully together. Yeah. Uh, they go to a Dolphins game. He he wishes she, like he was alone with her, and everybody disappears except for mm-hmm. one guy who has a red shirt in the stadium, and. All I could think here was, where did they go? Did he end their lives for a minute? Like, what it, did he do to them? The fact that we actually had to think about that. So, like, I think that they want the uh, the uh, director and the writers and stuff wanted you to just go into this thinking, oh, that's cool. He made everyone disappear so he could yeah. make the moves on his girlfriend. My first thought is, no. did he kill these people? They're they're probably all dead. And like, they where came, are they? They luckily come back. But nobody seems to notice that they've disappeared. This is like the Avengers, like uh, the Thanos snap, where everybody just comes back. But at least in that, everybody's like, what happened? Yeah. But what, okay, here's the thing. The entire stadium, that's the, thousands the and game, thousands everybody. of people, the players, everyone disappears except this one dude. Yeah, it turns out only one person in the audience in the entire stadium is wearing red. And so, oh, and guess what? He is a thief. Yeah, that 
this one guy. Yeah, this part I didn't even. I was like, how does he know? What does he know? This like it must have been established. I didn't even realize because it was so so much happening and it was very hard to understand. I mean, he does have like ESP, you know, so he could. He could predict that the future is about to happen. Except so like he can't when it's necessary. Yeah, and the yeah. guy had a red shirt on. So we're like, okay, I, I don't understand. I don't understand. There was a million people in that stadium, okay? And none of those a other million. people were wearing red? How come this one idiot stayed in the seat when everyone disappeared in, like, well, the snap? Yeah. But Just like nobody 50, else. people vanished. Thousands of people were were banished from the freaking earth yeah and none of them had red on he was the only idiot with red on yeah and 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 let's let's explain this real fast too uh the red turns out to be super snoopers uh, a weakness it's kryptonite to him and he doesn't know this for a very long time but we like I guess I've seen it so much. I already knew. Yeah. I can see what was going on. I think it took you. You're like, what? What's happening? And I'm like, it's the red. red yeah, is you the thing. you told me about it. Yeah. So I was like, okay. So then every time, every scene, I was looking for something that was red. Yeah. Which yeah. is it's it's kind of wild that nobody wears red in this universe. That's what I'm saying to you. Nobody in that fucking stadium had on red except this one asshole. Yeah. Like, are you kidding me right now? This guy would die in a minute if he was around ron howard's family yeah uh <laughs> oh, it, it, oh but you're in ginger yeah or the irish if he was around the I I, look i guess the irish don't exist in florida i mean that makes sense i love ginger. it makes sense i love a ginger so yes uh so he chases down that thief and he gets him and they're like how did you know and, and he's like oh, i was a lucky hunch it's stupid. And it's odd because, like, this keeps happening. And Ernest Borgnine is refusing to accept it all. And he, we get, like, scenes. And i got to tell you, he's got a superpower now. What's established here is that his power is endless. He can do anything. Okay, so there's. But he does nothing. So much good in this world that he could do with these powers. Now, he doesn't just have the power to predict the freaking future or move things with his mind, he can do a whole bunch of crazy stuff. We're talking about he can wish anything to happen. Yeah. So why wouldn't you use your powers for good? No. This freaking moron tries to persuade his girlfriend. Oh, yeah. That's uh, to marry later. him. Yeah. I'm like, "Oh my god. I hate this movie." It's it's odd because I know it's a joke and it's like you said a kids movie. But, and yes, any human being got a power like this, they would do dumb shit. It's like Groundhog's Day, where for the first couple of years, he's doing bad stuff. Like robbing people and stuff. The first instinct is to do bad. Until you get to the point where you're like, that's all pointless. And I should do good. I mean, if you're a police officer and your first instinct is to do... Well, your first, well, for, his first instinct actually is to stop a bunch of robbers. Yes, but do you know what his powers can do for the entire world? Not just, like, stopping petty thieves? Yeah, but also this is an extremely small budget, and it's a completely shitty movie. And he's also a twit. The guy he has half a, a freaking brain moron. cell in his yeah. skull. He's a, he's a complete moron. He does stuff... Some of his powers are so questionable. You can't help but go, wait, he can do that? Like, right. What? He can virtually 
read minds. He can wish someone to do what he wants. Yeah, he, he, can he can make things disappear. time at some points. Yes, he can he, make things disappear, which means he can, um, you, you know, medical science. He 50, can help yeah. medical. I'm like 50,000 people he made vanish. Yeah. So it, it's questionable that the extreme, uh, like the just the extreme abilities that this character has and does nothing with them except try to stop a counterfeit ring. That's his big goal in this movie. His big goal is to stop this counterfeit ring that Mr. Torpedo is behind, making counterfeit $1 bills. Okay. Not hundreds, not tons of $1 stuff. $1 bills. $1 That's the plot. Who's going to benefit from $1 counterfeit That's bills? A freaking stripper? Is, and he's smuggling it in fish. I mean... And it's like where is he smuggling it no one even knows what is what where the operation is going like what where are you taking, well, he's got he's got a big boat yeah we got the well are you talking and, about where they're counterfeiting or yeah, where they're bringing the money so they're to counterfeiting on the boat and obviously the boat is being used to take the money elsewhere yep okay Dollar bills. Well, he's smuggling. He's got all these what fronts because the he's a monster, and he has like a pool hall and a strip club. Yeah, well, Which, the pool, the pool, club, pool hall, hall is like in the strip club. And yeah. that guy, that guy works there, is smuggling the dollar bills out into public. And so I got to, we got to talk about this scene. So Ernest Borgnine is freaking out. He cannot stand that Super Snooper keeps telling him <laughs> that that's his name. I don't give a shit. And he cannot stop telling him, hey, I have superpowers. And Ernest Borgnine's like, that's insane. I can't stand it. And he's with his chief, Ernest Borgnine. He's yelling at his chief like, I can't take this guy. He's driving me crazy. So the chief calls Super Snooper. And he's on his couch trying to do something. I don't know. Oh, he's stirring a bowl of whipped cream. Okay. Can you explain this scene to me, first of all? Number one, where does he live? Because it looks like he's like on a boathouse or something i don't know what it is freak so okay he's stirring what we're guessing is supposed to be his dinner i don't even know it looks like whipped cream it looks like a bowl of whipped cream but this is the thing he can use his powers to stir whipped cream for no reason on earth while he's talking on the phone while he's talking on the phone but he can't like like cause criminals to just not be criminals you know what I mean? Like, he can stop crime in his head with his mind. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Well, let's just get to... He's so, such a fucking asshole. To, and just to show another superpower, because he's stirring something with his mind that's little. But they, the chief calls him and says, you know, we want to see you in a meeting at the office, you know? And Ernest Bornan says, you got five minutes. And he's he instantly is there. Yeah, like before he even hangs up the phone. He hangs up the phone and he opens the door and says, hey, chief. And he's like, what the hell? And Ernest Martin is like, that's the kind of stuff I'm talking about. And he's like, well, you gave him five minutes. And he's like, but he lives across town. That's impossible. It's a, he's just messing with us. And so now we also have to say that he can move like the Flash or he froze time or teleported. You don't even know how he did what he did there. Nope. So he tells them, like, I do have powers. And then they said, like, I, I fell at that 20-story thing in the land. He's like, you see, this is the kind of stuff he's telling me. He's like, how many floors is this building? And the window's open, by the way. And they're like, oh, about 17. 
And he's like, okay, well, let, let me show you. And he just swan dives out of the window. And they freak out like he just committed suicide. Uh, we see he, that he has landed on the hood of a car because on the way down, he saw red. And so that should have killed him. Yeah. Instead, he's just comically laid out on a hood of a car in front of, again, that old man that keeps seeing everything. Yeah, he just keeps showing up that, like, not you know, not the Monopoly guy. But why is he there? We don't even know. But the best scene in the movie... We, well, he's, in, a, he's in, a, in the hospital after that. He's in a full body cast they said that every bone in his body has been shattered i i need help with and he (laughs) he can't fix himself in the hospital because his girlfriend showed up and she's wearing a red outfit yeah yeah and so he has to tell ernest martin to get him out of the room and also tell the chief to go into the bathroom and he shuts him in there for some reason. Okay, the whole point is because he's been trying to tell these two clowns throughout the whole movie that he has powers. Yeah. And now he wants the police chief to hide in the bathroom? For what? For what? Why wouldn't you show them? For what? And and then his bones start to heal on their own and he the, beams out. And he of beams the cast. He beams out of the cast so the doctor comes running in and he's like oh my god it's a miracle all your bones are intact again they're all like first of all at what point did you leave the room and take an x-ray from outside the room that too. okay you left the room and then you somehow took a like i don't know an x-ray in your mind through the door of this guy's body or were they saying that his body was already healed before and he just he no. has to get out of the cast because his girlfriend's there now? No. He literally, the doctor said, he broke every bone in his body. Yes. And then the doctor left the room. But he said something about getting new x-rays. Yeah, he said, we're going to take some new x-rays. So he goes out of the room. Now, how are you taking x-rays outside that, that, of the that's room? That's what I was, I'm saying. I thought that maybe he was suggesting that they did new x-rays and they're waiting for them to get developed. Where? There was no time. No, before the scene we started. I don't know. And I Either thought that way, maybe he hasn't he he healed, but he hasn't got out of the cast because she's there, and now he can't use his powers. That's how I took it. So but why would maybe, you keep the chief of police in the room for this information? Why is he locked in the bathroom? Why does he lock him in the bathroom to get out of the thing? Maybe because he's naked under the cast. I, I really don't know. It doesn't I, make any sense. And no, I have no idea how he gets out because the cast is laying there perfectly in the same position. Yeah. And there's more nights talking to the cast like he's still in it. Yeah. And he finds out that he's not. I'm There's like, also a so sequence absurd. on the beach where he... It's on the beach. It's like under a bridge decided to use it like a beach. And there's a bunch of kids playing with a ball. And he tortures them by flying their ball around their heads so they can't really play with it. Yeah, with his telekinesis. Yeah. And his girlfriend is going to go wear a... She's going to put a swimsuit on. Which, by the way, I don't know where she goes to put the swimsuit on. I don't know. The car... Or, yeah, I don't know, out in traffic. Because that's exactly you, what I was we're from Florida, so if like you ever been to Miami, you know that there are very few areas of privacy on like that big bridge. Yeah. you know, that goes over the bay. It that's where they are. And there's nowhere to put a swimsuit on. I mean, unless she had it underneath her clothes and just stripped off. I don't know. And she could have done that there. Yeah, well, so she just goes away so he could fuck with these kids and, you know, mess up their plans with their Yeah, he throws their, their ball, ball out in the water, and he it turns out the one thing that he can't do is swim. Yeah, all yeah. the superpowers. He can, like, heal everything. He can 
do everything. He can read minds, but he he can't swim. Yeah. He throws her ball out in the water, and he goes, I'll go get it for the kids. From the kids, for some reason, they're all in their swim trunks. They can't go get the ball for some reason. So he walks on water. He walks on the water to get the ball and then stands out there laughing at the kids with the ball. And then his girlfriend shows up on the beach in a red bathing suit and he falls in the water and starts drowning and she has to go save him. Now, I would suggest that the moment he went under the water, he couldn't see her anymore and he could fly out. Yeah, I would think so too. But no, they that's have not to, how this works. They have to add some some drama, some peril. Because none of it makes any sense. No, none of this movie makes sense. And, and it's like that just keeps happening. Uh-oh. The next thing is that Ernest Borgnine's love of his life, the actress comes LaBouche. in. Labouche shows up on an airplane and is greeted by fans. And Ernest Borgnine wants to go there, and he's obsessed with her, and he is really giddy to be around her and just to see her, and. Super Snooper is kind of like excited for him and he wants to help him meet her. And Ernest Bornan's like, none of that crazy power stuff. And he's like, no, we're just going to do this on your own. Just go bring your car, the car around to this spot. And he goes now, Super Snooper goes over and he sees that uh Torpedo, Mr. Torpedo has sent his three goons to go pick up this girl because it's his girlfriend. Mm-hmm. And the actress and him are an item. Of course they are. And, yeah, and this the, he basically beats, the super snooper goes over and beats the three goons up by making them do roadside tests for alcohol. And he basically, the tests are all crazy, like dancing and slapping each other in the face. This is the, and, the uh, Larry Curley and Mo thing yeah, we were talking about it before. It goes on for a bit while Ernest Borgnine is meeting uh, Labouche. And he Labouche talks him into using the police squad car to drive her to the hotel. Which Ernest Borgnine gets in trouble for instantly. They're like, this isn't a taxi. You know what's funny? is that the police care about the stupidest shit okay they get uh, they get upset with him because he transported some dame to a hotel in his police car that's not allowed but meanwhile all of these things are happening okay his partner all this shit his partner shot a rocket with his freaking handgun and all these things are happening his partner throws himself out of a goddamn window and this is the shit that they care about I mean, this movie is fucking dreadful. I can't even get my head around it. I couldn't even laugh at any of this shit. So I'm like, okay, th- these are the worst cops on the face of the earth. But you know what? I can't even really say that because there's no, like, police work. I mean, there's, there's no, no police. There's no other cops. It's just the two of these idiots, Borgnine and... <sighs> Super Snooper. Snooper. I can't even believe I just said that. But... Well, Super Snooper uh, is... Looking for the old man that keeps showing up outside the windows because something with the dogs. I don't really understand any of this, but he's going to look for me. It turns out he's a magician, you said? and It said, yeah, m- he magician. Goes, he goes in his house and he breaks in. Now this is... The door's open. His and, house, the magician's house. And the only reason yeah. we know he is a magician is because literally there's 900 signs everywhere. And it says... Yeah, yeah. What's his name? Sirius or Serpius or whatever? I don't... Yeah, I don't Spirius, remember. They say it a lot in the scene, too. Spirius the magician, whatever. I'd been looking for Silvius all day. He was the only person who had seen my two falls. 
I had a hunch he could explain what went wrong the second time. And um, like I'm like, why do why do we need to know if this guy's a magician? I don't really understand this stuff. Why uh, does he have nine hundred dogs? What I, is happening? He yeah, I don't know. He's got a lot of dogs. I, I'm looking for an old guy named Silvius. I've heard he worked here a couple of times. Oh yeah, Silvius, I know him. He's a ventriloquist, really a great talent. You want to know something? He can actually make a doggy talk like a human being. I think he's had a little rough lately. What do you mean? Well, for the last year, I haven't seen him around here. That's quite a while. I think he owes somebody some money or something. You got any idea where he lives? Last time I heard, he was living over on River Road in an old shack, selling dogs or something. I don't really know, but he goes in the house. He basically walks in and breaks, breaking and entering. And his normal clothes, by the way, too. Like, he knows this guy. Yeah. Uh, and it wasn't really ever established that they really knew. I don't really he understand. He just walks into the, the house. He like... walks in, and the goons show up to trash the place to look for the thing for Mr. Torpedo. Something from that he's got on them. And yeah, so he they... has some sort of evidence about the ship that he was that they were transporting the... The fish counterfeit, with the counterfeit money you know, inside yeah. of it. The dollar bills. He knew something about that. Now, why are you using this character this way? Don't know. Don't know. And, of course, again, he fights them and beats the crap out of them. And there's like a whole bunch of Three Stooges stuff. And one of them lands on a, like a mattress that turns into a cape. <laughs> I don't really understand what's happening there either. First of all, it's the stupidest thing. It's like a red mattress you know, you know what it actually is? It's a friggin' sleeping bag. It's a sleeping right. bag that's open, and it gets ta- he gets tangled up in it when he's getting his butt kicked. But then he starts wearing it like a cape, too, and he actually like flies it over his him. shoulder at yeah. one point. Like, it, it's his cape. Yeah, it gets attached to him somehow, and, and it's red. Oh, okay. So, there you go. Which doesn't really seem to affect Super Snooper, because he literally beats the ever-loving shit out of them. In a very ridiculous, goofy, yeah. oh, it's all it's all comical, way. and I yeah. can see that my like young, young self would have probably enjoyed. This I mean, if this. you were a little boy, you would look at this, you know, as it's funny. Oh, look at how they're getting beat up. Oh, he stuck his foot in a bucket. That kind of thing, yeah. you know, yeah. like that kind of like I could see like you know eight year old Scotty like cute little bull haircut sitting there laughing, you know. As silly things like that, I can see that. Like, because it's funny to kids. Because I guess, yeah. I, I, I mean, I think it's funny. I don't think it's the worst. This, that that slapstick stuff is kind of stupid fun. Uh, yeah, he beats those guys up a lot. Uh, they keep going back to his boss. He's mad about things. They have an entire shipment coming in on this boat, and I think that Super Snooper and, and basically comes up with a whole plan with Ernest Borgnine to get on the ship. But before that, for some reason, Ernest Borgnine is obsessed with the actress, goes to a racetrack, and bets on the worst, worst dog. Yeah, uh, it's uh, a, it's yeah. If the worst, it had like the worst odds. Yeah, worst odds like sixty to one or something like that. <laughs> and and uh, the dog is like in last place, and Super Snooper is like, "Don't throw your ticket out yet," and he makes him win. He makes the dog go faster. Somehow. I mean, he could do it's shit a like lot of this, this shit, and man. I'm like, dude, do you have any idea what you could do for the world if yeah. you use your powers for good instead of stupid shit? Yeah. So Ernest Borgnine and his uh, his niece come to Ernest um, Super Snooper's house. They walk in as well. Everybody walks into everybody's house in this movie, and Super Snooper is flying around the house reading Superman comics. 
And they don't see him. <laughs> they don't see him on the ceiling flying. They just walk around him and he flies down and says, I'm here. And he's levitating. And this is basically when Ernest Bornine is like, it's real. Yeah, after all of this. And then he basically comes. Someone tells him, you haven't figured out. I don't remember who it was. I like, oh, it's the color red. I remember now. They're after that guy, the 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 magician. And they're chasing him. They have a car chase. And he runs on foot. He's running like the Flash. And he talks to him. And that's that guy tells him, oh, you haven't figured it out. It's the color red. He's like, oh, he's like, not the color red, but he basically says it could be an image or a sound or a, or, color. Or a color. Yeah. And then he sees the, a red garage door and he slows down and crashes into it and laughs and realizes it's red. Yeah. I'm allergic to color red. And so he tells them, the niece and Ernest Borgnine, that it's red, that he could do anything he wants. He has superpowers and he could do anything, but red bothers him. Ernest Borgnine's not. He's not jazzed about it at all. He could care less. And basically, he's like, it's too much for me, and he leaves. But the niece is like, we're going to get married. Now, it feels like they just met, and then they're instantly dating, and they're talking about marriage and that they love each other. And she's like, well, we're going to get married, and I don't like these superpowers. And it, I think it makes you, f- you're a different person. You're not the person I loved, which is fucking nuts, first off. This guy can do anything for you. Yes, but he doesn't. Yeah, That's no, but, the thing. My point is, she doesn't even want anything. She's just like, I want you, the normal you, whatever. I think that's ridiculous. But to make this really bad, he freezes her in place and then virtually positions her in a way where she can kiss him. Yeah, like, he this moves is like her arms. Rape like, yeah, this is bad. It was creepy. And he, she wakes out of the trance, and, and now they could have gone two ways. Like they could have went like she was into it, mm-hmm. which would have been bad. But they went the way that they should have, and she slaps him in the face, and she's like, "You're an asshole," basically. Well, I mean, but she can still hear what he says, and he says to her, "You're gonna marry me, whether you like, like it or, or not. not." Yeah, Evelyn, I've got the superpowers, and there's nothing I can do about it. And you know something? Hmm. I like them. And I think you'll grow to like them too. Look, I love you, Evelyn. And we're going to get married, whether you like it or not. I'm like, oh my god, this motherfucker. So he's not using his powers for good, but yet he he pretty much is using his powers for evil right now. Only on her. Like, what the f- that's mind rape. It's, it's wild. Like, it's it, disturbing. Yeah, he... It, that, it, it's like... Such a bizarre thing for him to do, and it's hard to side with him on it. And I understand uh, they're setting yeah. it up for a joke at the end, but uh, it's a really odd moment. And it also questions, like, how much he can really do. And, right. well, so we get all that. They come up with this plan to go get to the ship, and uh, they fly a helicopter, and it turns to night, and Ernest Bornheim gets in on the, hel- on the boat and finds the stash, and radios up to him in the helicopter, go to get the chief. I have all the evidence that Mr. Torpedo's the bad guy. Yeah. And we, we got you know, we got all the evidence. But little did he know that in like the side room, the thugs are in there and they creep out and they clunk him over the head. With a wrench. With a wrench, he which be like yeah, really would hurt. have definitely done something. And they throw bad. him in a 
fro- free it's freezer. A, it's a freezer, and within like seconds, he's like cryogenically frozen. Virtually. Yeah, he's like icy. Yeah. Um, and so their plan, the thugs, is to completely sink the boat so that the evidence is destroyed. The with counterfeit, the yeah, with with Ernest Borgnine in the boat, setting up Super Snooper in the freezer. And yeah, setting up Super Snooper as the murderer mm-hmm. of Ernest Borgnine. And so that is why he's in jail in the beginning. Because... Yeah, because when he lands the helicopter, the actress has told the chief of police everything that's happened. I heard him threaten. Yeah, because there's like a whole scene I forgot to talk about where he went to a strip club and basically threatened the guy at the str- owner of the strip club and got himself and trying to pretend that he was a dirty cop yeah. by like extorting money out of the strip club guy. And then getting close to him. And he actually makes that guy tell him all the truth right to his face. Which he all he had to do was have him talk to the... Call the cops there. Have the cops come in the room and then tell him to tell the truth to them. Right. And put himself in jail. All he had to do right there was stop it. I mean, he has the power to do anything. Yeah. And, and this instead, is the shit, the tactics that he uses. Like, he's yeah, a I, fucking twit. Because Ernest Bordine's like, don't use your powers... Uh, don't use your powers. It's cheating. We need concrete proof. And it, it's a really strange thing because they could have just made this guy admit to it and turn himself in. Uh, so, yeah, they he, they get on the boat. When he lands, the, the actress has said to the chief that I overheard him extorting uh, Torpedo. And he's a murderer. And he killed his partner. And she, they're like, that's not true. Go look for the boat. The boat's here. And they're like, there is no boat. So they sunk it with Ernest Bornine frozen inside the cooler. And he gets put in jail. Now, we don't know how long it's been. Now, we've got to guess a couple things. There's been a uh, a court case against so him. So they must have gone to trial. They went to trial. They That's put what I'm him on death row. Four times they killed him. Three times they they put him to death. Okay, so how fast are they putting him to death from the trial? So exactly. how long has Ernest Borgnine been frozen like a popsicle underneath the water yes. in this, um, I guess, freezer underneath and, the sunken boat? And what's wild is we never see the step, the, the, the niece. No. Denise we, is never brought no. into any of this, not questioning where That's her what uncle I'm is. You. She has nothing to do with this movie. It's she's just there. Really strange. I mean, she's not a major plot person. Well, she's got nothing. She becomes here after because what happens next is he. We are now caught up to the beginning of the movie, and he's being put into the electric chair, and he sees the red roses in front of him. That Labouche brought him. Yes, and he gets them out of the room, and when he does. He turned when they hit the switch to electrocute him. He pushes the electricity on everybody else, and I don't know if they're all dying, but everybody watching, everybody starts to get electrocuted. Like they were all getting electrocuted. I don't know if that was like they were in shock that he was getting electrocuted. Like that was no, he put it on them. He wasn't getting electrocuted. They were okay because I didn't hear any sounds coming from their mouth. It was like. Well, they're all, like, shaking because yeah. we can see them through the window. Okay, so, okay. And also the guy, you can see the hand flip the switch. That hand is getting shocked, too. You can see it shaking. You're right, okay. Uh, and So he, he just killed a bunch of people. I don't, yeah. It feels like it. And he, the uh, the whole, all the straps on him, they just burst off. And he jumps through a brick wall and flies. He actually doesn't fly. He dives like a dolphin right into the ocean. Uh-huh. And it goes right down to the bottom and is at the sunk boat, yep. which is in a pool. 
You can clearly see it's at the bottom. You can see of the, the pool. lights of of the pool, like how you know the the pools they all have lights. Yeah, on that the flat bottom, of them. bottom and everything. Yeah, it was it was so cheesy. But the best is that we don't know how much time has passed, but Ernest Borgnine is still in that freezer like a popsicle, and he puts chewing gum in his mouth. Please, I can't even talk about this. This is the worst thing he I've puts, ever seen. Puts chewing gum in his mouth and oh. blows a bubble, and then becomes a giant balloon that lifts Ernest Borgnine and him to the sky. So the two of these buttholes now, and also are out, on top of the balloon. But I want to point out real fast that Super Snooper cannot swim, but can swim here. Yeah, he he definitely can swim now. Yes. So that's a superpower that he just suddenly found. Yes, he told but himself I could do it. The now. best thing is is that he also has another superpower. He can turn he can turn chewing gum into a balloon. A giant balloon that they they don't have a bottom. They don't have like a a, a, a standing spot. They're on the top of it, balancing on the top of yeah. a balloon. So this thing has become as big as like almost a hot air balloon. Yes. And this is supposed to be a piece of gum. Coming out of the water. I'm, a piece of gum. I also point out that he chewed it underwater. Yes. And he blew it up underwater. Yeah. And I also point out that he chewed this gum. And Ernest Bornine, the first thing he does is wake up and say, what are we on? And licks it. Yeah. And he's like, that tastes like chewing gum. That's like the least of his problems. Seriously. The fact that... You're an elderly man floating on top of a balloon with nothing to hold on to, and it's floating through the air, and he literally starts sliding off. What are you holding on to? There's nothing. Yeah, at one point he just stands up and starts dancing. Yeah. Up there. Uh, yeah. Uh, I, I, I don't even know. So at the same time, because they found Baffling. out that he broke out of jail, the actress has now taken all of the money and Jules from Torpedo and said she's going to Cuba and well she brings Torpedo with her she does think bring Torpedo and they also kidnap the niece because they need someone a hostage to keep him away if he does if he is alive so they that's their bargaining chip as they have this thing they uh, it turns out the actress also can fly an airplane she, they have like a oh, six-seater yeah, yeah. And they get all on the six-seater, and she flies it. And as they're flying, the bubble just turns out to be right in the same spot with the plane. And Super Snooper is able to dive off and land on the plane and steer it. Yeah. Steer the plane into landing. And they basically all give up. The cops all show up. He has them, like, done. The niece comes out, and... He hugs them. The cops arrest everybody else. I mean, that's pretty much done. And they're like, "Where's my uncle?" And he's like, "Oh, your uncle's up in the on the um, right there on the blue." Like, honestly, and so he left him up there. He left him up there, and also he's standing up there having a great time for some reason. All of a sudden, he's dancing and singing, and he's like, "I'm gonna look at me, look at me. I'm so great." Yeah. And I don't understand why this happens to him. Why he gets so ecstatic? But so he gets so ecstatic. That he decides to jump. Yeah. I, okay. How did he plan? How did Snooper plan on getting Bert Borgnine down? I mean. Well, he could have just wished him down. Okay. Yes. But the plan was for Borgnine to jump into his arms. I think he was keeping him safe. But when Bert Borgnine just said, "Watch me! Look at me! You're gonna get me!" 
and he just jumps off the damn thing. It only leaves Super Snooper to run to try to catch him. What's really impressive about running to try and catch him is the fact that he could just fly up and get him. I Yes, absolutely. I mean, this movie but is so this freaking next scene, stupid. This next scene wouldn't happen. Huh? Because when he catches Ernest Bornine, they fall through the entire earth and they land in China. They land in China. I was like, oh my god, please. This has to be over soon. It has to. Because I I, I just can't take no more. And we end. Uh, they call and they say they're okay and they're in China. And the last scene is Super Snooper. Oh, oh Super Snooper gets on the phone and tells, your uncle's alive because of my powers. I know you'll love them. You're going to marry me. And she, they just show her face like, eh. And then next, it just does a transition shot to them being married and her in a full out, like a whole headpiece, the whole thing. And him and her getting married, they say, uh, instead of I do, they say I, I will or something like that. Yeah, and then, but the best part about this is this woman's wearing a, like a headpiece. Like, I'm talking about if you can Google Celine Dion's headpiece when she got married, that sort of thing. Uh, it's, it's like, like a all over it. hat. It's like a, a hat. And instead of just removing the veil so he could kiss her, he takes the whole entire headpiece off where it it's a big reveal. Oh, she has dyed her hair red. And basically her telling him, fuck you, you can't use your powers on me now. Yeah. I have red hair. It's amazing. It's, it's amazing. But that's a that's a funny bit. It, it's the it's best scene in the bit, movie. Basically to go fuck yourself. It's a funny little bit. I gotta tell you something. I hated this this guy. I wanna say I, his name's Dave. I think it's Dave. Snooper. Snooper. I can't even say it without like spitting all over the place. I honestly th- these characters are freaking wretched. This movie I I mean, even I'm trying to think of Joe as a kid. Joe, as a kid, would probably watch, like, you know, silly movies like The Worst Witch and things like that. But this movie, there's no humor for me in this. Like, even if I, I mean, say I wasn't an adult and I'm not thinking with logic. Because I'm actually not. When I start going into these movies, these pieces of crap, Mm -hmm. I don't have any logic at all. I'm just like, okay, this is going to be a piece of crap. Just take it for what it is. But at least I want to giggle from time to time. This thing had none of that. I was sitting there. I'm like, you know, my husband, (laughs) really? Like, I think your intentions were really good. And I thought maybe you you probably thought I'd have a different reaction to this. Well, I didn't remember the song playing this much. And I actually don't even remember the song. That's what's wild about it. How do I not remember it since it plays so much? And also that it says Super Snooper when I know this movie as Super Fuzz. And... I don't know how I never put that together. Why is it saying that when it should be saying super fuzz in the song? That's weird. And every time you talk about super fuzz, yeah. I don't know why. I always thought it was a different movie. I, I would never picture this that you're talking about. I don't know why. I, I just felt like this is not something he liked as a kid. It can't be. It just can't be. I, I, I could see why I liked it as a kid. And I think, look, there's kids today who listen to Baby Shark and stuff like that. And it's the same thing over and over. It's just something to get you like whatever. When I was that age, this must have been like 
yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's got superpowers. And I probably was at the age where it's like, superpowers are cool. And I'll, all I was caring about was like, wow, could you imagine? And I guess in my high imagination that I really had as a kid, and I would write all these stories and make all these toys, and I probably thought, well, superpowers are badass. And this yeah. was before I was reading comic books, I think. I was too young to grasp that whole thing of that concept of reading and everything. Like, I think I was just like seeing superpowers as really neat. And the things that he does with his powers are insane. I can see why I enjoyed it. Now, in my older age, I completely admit this is a goddamn piece of shit. <laughs> I, I can see it for what it is. Oh, I know it's extremely bad, and I felt terrible for making you watch I it. Mean, I mean, I've seen worse. I but can, We bought this for a friend one day, because yeah, he also liked it and remembered it fondly, and we bought it for him on DVD as a Christmas gift, as a joke once. And I don't he, recall. He was excited about it, and wow. I mean, it, things don't always hold up. Yeah. From when you're a kid, I mean, you just they just don't. And um, this is a rare one. This how this bad movie was really bad. And if I know that you're going to insert the song here, but the if whole, I have uh, to oh, hear that song. This thing's going to be out through this whole. This thing. fucking song. I don't. You know what? I don't even think I'm going to be listening to this episode. I can't take it. That song is a so piece of shit, man. I can't listen to that song ever again. It was the worst. The worst. I, I think it's funny. Of course made, you do, because it it's me torturous. Smile. It it's made me tor- smile. It's like a it's it, torture. It, it, I well, I also have a fondness for theme songs for movies. I actually enjoy when a movie has its own theme song with words, where the woman is singing the name of the song. Oh, I like and that too. It makes me smile, and it just—it's so cheesy that I love that. And there, I will admit that it happens so often in this. That it's like, holy it's, it's too shit. much. Like, if but, we had it at the beginning and then again at the end, I would be like, okay, I'm, I'm spared from, you know, too much agony here. Because the mid, the whole movie, I mean, it was just ridiculous. I couldn't take it. It wasn't funny. It just didn't entertain me at all. But if we at least had the song from the beginning and the end, and that was, you know, all of it, fine. No, they had to beat you over the head with this wretched beat over and over again with the lyrics that just keep repeating it's not even a song it's like some kind of subliminal message to tell you you're going insane it's like you you know go out and you know throw stuff at cars and you know wreak havoc and destroy destroy landscaping and rip up flowers because that's the way i feel when i was listening to that song that that song Went through the whole movie. Yeah. I couldn't handle another second of it. And then, at the end, I'm begging you, with all that I am as a human, to turn off the Xbox. Turn it off. Please turn it off. And you're just looking at me and laughing inside like a demon. And this is just wrong. Because I thought it was funny. I think there is a... Well, look, we we watch bad movies on purpose. We love it. We we love joking around about what's bad about movies. Oh, sure. That's why I was shocked that you couldn't take how funny it was that that thing kept playing. I mean, no, I couldn't. And then at the end, it's like, you know, you felt like you didn't torture me enough. 
So you had to like, just let it play a little longer. I'm like, I'm slowly boiling like a freaking egg in like a pot of water. And you're just looking at me, I'm like, if you don't, if you don't turn this off, I am gonna physically go and throw the TV against the freaking wall. And it was that bad. That song played through the whole movie. Yeah, it, it's bad. It, it, it's bad. It, it's a shame. It really is because to see something that you remember fondly be so fucking bad, it, it's a shame. You know, that happens to me sometimes too. And it's something I loved as a kid. You know, now I'm an adult and I'm watching it. I'm like, oh, God, what? Yeah. What? Yeah, this is like Garbage Pail Kids level. It's Garbage Pail Kids level. Yeah. It is. It's it not is. as... Like, it's Garbage not Pail as cringy. It's cringeworthy yeah. to look at. But this one... I mean, there's some kind of silly, so bad it's good element to it. But I do know it's terrible. So what are you going to give it at a, a 10? Oh, it's a 3. Holy shit. I thought you were going to give it a 1. No, it's a 3. You you told me it wasn't anything you like. So what was it that you would... What's good about it because, that you're elevating it? Okay, so I'm, I'm going to give it a 3 simply because it wasn't... It wasn't poorly directed oh wow i mean there is i mean they tried they tried um i feel like they they did try to make it funny they failed but they tried um they tried some stunts they they did um you know i'm floored i mean because i swore you were gonna give this a one i mean i i'm gonna give it a three just to be generous i guess Uh, i you had me wanting to give this a two you know what? I think I have to, have to give it a two. I, I I'm trying to think now. If if the directing being okay is the only thing, then it has to be a two. And I don't even think the directing is good. Watching it, it's not good. Like, I'm just saying it's you know we've seen other movies that are just freaking trash heaps that we can't even watch. Yeah. Um, but I mean I could watch this. I, I was like, want to. I was annoyed the whole time. But I, one thing that I did enjoy is I love pointing out like little, like kind of uh, mess ups, like film flubs. Mm-hmm. And I, I love pointing that out. And so I saw a bunch in there and I got to point them out and that makes me happy. So I'm going to give it a two. It, it's actually, we've seen worse than this, but this movie was really bad. So you had. Since I thought you were going to go for a one, and I, I was going to go for a two, because I'm like, I like it better than you do. No, I've, I'm give, I gave Zeta one a one. Yeah. Um, no, I know. But what I'm saying is, because I thought you were going to give it a one, I automatically assumed, since I like it better than you, I'm going to give it a two. Okay. But so then when you said three, I'm like, do I have to reevaluate? Well, now you can give it a three, because you like it better than me. Not I mean, by it's, much. It's, not by much. It's definitely... it's. I guess I'm going to give it a three, but I really, I'm landing near a two, because this one's tough. Watching it again, I was like, yeah, this one's really hard to watch. I mean, there was nothing really redeeming about it. Yeah, there's not really I mean, much. except I was laughing at the flubs of it, you know? Like, I wasn't really laughing at, because they were trying to make me laugh, like, their laughs were not landing. Um, I was laughing at things I shouldn't have been laughing at, like you know the bubble turning into a balloon, you know the bubble gum turning into a balloon, and just Ernest Borgnine being frozen under the water for who knows how many months. He like smacked his bowl of pasta and it flew in the guy's face. There's stuff like that that made me. I mean, chuckle. it was slapsticky, stupid. Yeah. You know, and 
it just it wasn't it just didn't land it just didn't land yeah i'm going with the two you're gonna go with the two also it's very it's very hard to even i i never want to see this again no i i never ever ever want to see this again i don't even want to know it exists i'm afraid of any other movies i remember from my childhood that i'm not caught up on like this movie because i'm I'm afraid they're gonna be just as bad <laughs> like i i am not watching the you know uh they call me bruce and and I'll, i'm never gonna watch those again because it's probably just really really bad well i mean i could always revisit but you know cheesy is one thing cheesy is fun and this movie was pretty cheesy but this movie was not fun it was annoying yeah i'm i'm on agreement with this like completely uh I, I, I felt it really quick in this one. I was like, oh, man, this is terrible. Yeah. So. No bueno. Oh, man. Let's I'm go sorry. get some sleep. Yeah, I wanted to like it, but it just, <laughs> nope. Mm-mm. All right. You're a super snooper to me. You're <sighs> super super. <sighs> hey, Sarge. It says here that your Rosie LaBush is making a comeback. Did you know that? Sure, I knew that. I know everything about Rosie.